North Korea has announced plans to change time zones in order to line up with South Korea, which means the North Koreans will have to set their clocks ahead 100 years. So that was an interesting nugget that uh, North Korea had been a half hour off of South Korea just to be obstinate all these years. And mm-hmm. they finally decided to say, eh, it's a show of goodwill. There's a lot of shows of goodwill out of this whole thing in the last week or so. Right. Lots and lots of them. It's awe-inspiring unless you remember the entire history of dealing with North Korea. Yeah. That they, you know, they, they show up with a flower and a cake and a banjo on their knee and then jab you in the eye. Here's the difference, though. The mm. big difference, and everybody knows it. Would Obama have ever invaded North Korea? No. No. Would George H.W. have ever invaded North Korea? Uh-uh. No. Would Bill Clinton have? No. Would have Trump? I don't know. Might have. Could be. <laughs> might. Still He's might. crazy. Still might. Right? Plus, they hadn't sent... Dennis Rodman over there. <laughs> right. You know, the one thing about Trump, and those of you who really don't like Trump, I get it. There's a lot to dislike. But the one thing about him is he is revealing how much the conventional wisdom, how broad it is and how deep it is and how it binds foreign policy and domestic policy and the rest of it. And how the the swamp, if you want to call it that, the permanent state, the deep state, whatever, how how hidebound and stiff it is. And there could be nothing more out of the box than having Dennis Rodman just go get acquainted and say, you know, Trump would prefer you guys got along. What do you think? I mean, there's no, it's outside the box. The box being things that aren't badass crazy. But <laughs> what we may see is that after... You know, God, since World War II, and, and well, certainly since the end of the Cold War, the, the international order has been X. We're all kind of familiar with it. And Trump's getting in there and saying, you know, that aspect of X and that aspect of it and that part of it, they're dumb. They're stupid. They've gotten old and useless. And a lot of stuff's getting shaken up. How it ends in, in peace and love and understanding or in mushroom clouds, I do not know yet. But it's sure as hell interesting. So this has been making the rounds. I've, I've been meaning to read it to my wife, and uh, it's some writer and mother in Vermont who uh, who came up with this job uh, opening for her job, which is mother. Title of the job opening, mother. This position manages to be of the utmost importance, and yet somehow also the least visible and respected in our entire organization. You will enjoy a whole bunch of superficial attention and lip service from culture, advertisers, and politicians, but will never receive a credible follow-up in the form of a concrete plan for advancement, support, benefits, or retirement. (laughs) Please note, although you will coordinate, plan, and do almost everything, you should expect to crash face-first into bed every night feeling you've accomplished basically nothing. Welcome. (laughs) God, that is the truth. Wow. You get to the end of the day, you've been busting your ass the entire day, because this is true as a dad and a mom. Uh, and at the end of the day, I feel like I didn't get any of the things done I wanted to do <laughs> that needed to get done. The garage is still a mess. That paperwork didn't get done. There's still a giant pile of laundry over there. All I did was solve problems that crapped, cropped up during the day. Key responsibilities yeah, as a mom. You will be responsible for literally everything, including but not limited to keeping coworkers alive. <laughs> That's funny. Related to the above, supervision of all possible hazards, including electrical currents, water in all forms, baths, sheets of ice, swimming pools, slip and slides, lakes, dodgy sprinklers, igloos, table corners, dogs that have food sharing issues, uncut grapes, playground equipment, and bees. (laughs) Bees. Look out for the bees. (laughs) You must. 
Uh, read every book about the job. Provide verbal Cliff Notes version to adult partner who apparently can't read these same books, although you know for a fact that he's a college graduate because that's where you guys met. <laughs> you, um, ba, 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 ba. Sounds like somebody's got husband issues. Um, become unnaturally intrigued by what gets stains out of clothing. Trade tips with other moms and hate yourself for it. Bookmark stain chat blogs and hate yourself for it. <laughs> Share hot tips, sunlight, vinegar with your friends via text and hate yourself for it. Wow. Um, exercise more in less time with greater difficulty than you ever have at any other point in your life, except marginal improvement. You can do it sort of. Yeah, so I was talking about earlier, trying to get some exercise. Uh, prepare to assume the responsibilities of pets your coworkers have begged for and then subsequently abandoned. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Keeping in mind, if you're just tuning in, your coworkers are your, you know, your family members, kids, etc. Oh, okay, okay. No, I'm tracking now. Steal yourself for spending $95 on a vet appointment for a pet mouse while you have no fewer than nine mouse traps lying in wait in your basement for her cousins. <sighs> That's pretty funny. And Caitlin's fancy rats got emphysema. Yes, I remember it well. Butterscotch the $10 rabbit cost me hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, finally, God took him. Long may he hop. Durr. Um. By the way, your approval rating will be reported to uh, or will be dependent upon coworkers younger and less qualified than you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. They will have little regard for your personal space. They may pull up your shirt in public, slap you on the bum, also in public. Uh, wonder aloud why your arms, legs, and or stomach are so squishy. Yeah, my, my kids have done that sort of thing. <laughs> what was the one thing Sam said to you? I can't oh, that's remember. That's terrible. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Henry regularly mentions my boobs. Oh, boy. Hey, hey, leave it alone, son. <laughs> Wow, that is funny, though. When you're my age, if I live long enough to be that age, I'm going to bring up your boobs. <laughs> <laughs> nice hoots, son. Kids are unbelievably uh, frank about their description of your body. And they don't know it's hurtful, so that's why it's not hurt. Seen but not heard. That was the rule in my household. We went very Victorian with our kids. Dressed them up in a lot of velvet. All my, You know, my son was always in his little sports coat. And his hard shoes and his f flowery shirt, his ruffly shirt. My daughters in petticoats, etc. Mm. We've been stockings. Doing, we've been doing these "Would You Rather" cards after dinner every night. Oh, that's a fun they family got a, activity. They got a kids set of "Would You Rather"s, and it's all questions like, you know, would you rather eat only ice cream for the rest of your life, or, you know, have your own skateboard park, or whatever stuff like that. But it's always hilarious. Their answers just absolutely hilarious. They take them very seriously too. Change their answers back and forth. Giggle uncontrollably. Would you rather have sex after an incredibly long day in which you're exhausted and frustrated, or would you like to talk about the taxes now? That would be a good <laughs> That would be a good grown-up one. <laughs> That's are, not as fun. There are nights that finally everybody was in bed and it was time to talk about the taxes where I actually considered self-immolation. <laughs> Anything to avoid it. How about we just go on the run? How about we just file it? We could lose thousands of dollars. I don't care. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, we got one kid problem that we've really had to uh, uh, limit on ourselves on how much we talk about it. Like at some point in the evening, we have to say, okay, 
We're not going to talk about this anymore. Mm. Nobody gets to bring it up. Do you have any last comments on this? <sighs> I have one. Then we're done with it. Nobody gets to bring it up again for the rest of the night. Wow, it's like court. Uh, court Otherwise, it's the something. only thing we'll talk about. Right. Oh man, will wear you out. Uh, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Some of that's a little cynical, but it's pretty funny. That's why you have your kids young, so all that character you're building oh, yeah. will pay off oh, yeah. in your oh, later no, years. No, I trust me. I think that every single day. Yeah. But uh, pluses and since minuses. I have, since I don't have a time machine, no, it's all minuses. I'm telling you that. I've I, lived it. It's all minuses. Oh well, yeah, I know. But <laughs> I just I was so stupid as when I was young, and I do even compared to now. I know it's amazing. People who work for it. I me. do appreciate that. I can't. You know, I have no idea how smart other people were when they're younger. But I'm much better at this at this age than I would have been when I was 25 mentally. I mean, there's no doubt about right, that. Right, right. But yeah, there that's are what I'm tremendous saying. downsides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, including, and not, and you know, not the, the minorest of which is that I will be, uh, you know, I don't get to be around as long. Right. So that's not a minor thing either. Right, right, right. But you got to go to a lot of museums and eat a lot of meals out. Right. Isn't that what life is all about, according to most people? When I was younger? Days, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, play some wistful Too much effing perspective. Play something wistful, Michael. So, Sean has actually watched... This is not wistful. Sean has actually watched the Kanye West video about the making of his political song, which he says is interesting. Maybe we'll have to check in on that. That's a little wistful, sorry. Yeah, okay. All right, great. Um, oh, we got to get to more of the uh, questions Mueller wants to ask the president. You want to go through some of them? Sure. 40 questions Mueller wants to ask the president have come out. Whether or not the president's ever actually going to sit down and answer these questions, whether Mueller would actually subpoena the president and force him to answer these questions, nobody knows the answer to that particular question. Oh, let's role play. I'll be Trump. That'll be fun, won't it? Okay. I'll answer the question. Okay. Fantastic. That's coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's been seven hours. Hey, I got it. Hey, this is the Prince version that they just released of uh, Nothing Compares to You. Yeah. I like the Sinead O'Connor version better. I'm sorry. I do, too, actually, and I've heard this one. I heard this one years ago somehow, but... i got to hit you with a couple more really fast uh, from this, um, like it's a job description for being a mom. Oh, there's more? Just a little more, because I think you might enjoy this, because it's kind of on the other end of it. First of all, skills and experience for being a mom. Nothing will prepare for you, prepare you for this. Not babysitting, not having a dog, certainly not your childbirth class. <laughs> uh, type of vo- employment. This is a volunteer, unpaid, full-time job. If you have paid employment outside the home, that is, this is still a full-time job. You'll have to sort that out for yourself. How we measure success. Success in this position, while prematurely announced by those who are currently breastfeeding, may be accurately measured only roughly 10 or 20 or perhaps 30 years after your last coworker has left his or her in-house position. Wow. Amen to that. Yeah. So you won't know how good Amen you were for 10, 20, or 30 years after they've left. Depending on the kid, yeah. Please note, once your coworker has moved on, you will no longer be allowed into a majority of his or her waking moments, and certainly not the sleeping ones. Your former coworkers were typically not be typically not be terribly vocal about whether they feel your tenure was a success <laughs> or whether or what they're doing now on a day-to-day basis. Mm. And the summary is the primary purpose of this position 
applies to mom or dad, is to train the people you love most in this world to leave you forever. Yikes! <laughs> Which is true. Yes, it is. It is. And you must embrace that task. And then then when they leave, you get to stop worrying. <laughs> oh, did I ever think that? <laughs> so listen, we're going to pay off the whole uh, New York Times published the list of, was it 40 questions? Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to say 20 questions. That was a game show. Uh, 40 questions that Mueller was going to ask the POTUS or wanted to. What's uh, with your hair is one of the questions. Yeah. Yeah. What's the story? How often do you and Melania get it on? It was another one of them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll get to that eventually. The Beltway people are going crazy over it. It's one quarter. So, uh, Manafort ever call the Russians for you? And, and it's three quarters. What'd you think of Comey when you met him? What'd you think of him after the probe began? Obviously going toward obstruction of justice and that sort of thing, trying to figure out um, what's going on there. And, and we can touch on some of the specifics before the end of the hour, because the questions are weird. There's a whole lot of, what did you think? What'd you say? What did you think when you heard we interviewed Reince Priebus? I thought, damn, he interviewed Reince Priebus. You know, a lot of really open-ended questions like that, and we'll get to it eventually. But did I really, like really the, want... did you like the new Avengers movie, which I thought right? was out of place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, a recent addition. How pissed are you at NBC? Because you bring them up all the time. You seem really pissed. All right. So, but I would really, really wanted to get to this story, which I came across in the Sacramento Bee. They're talking about the arrest of the East Area Rapist Golden State Killer Monster, and the headline is: Can the can DNA identify the Zodiac Killer in a similar way that it revealed the, uh, the Golden State murderer dude? Well, I would think it certainly could. Well, yeah, and they go into it. Uh, Pam, Pam Hofsess, who's a former San Francisco homicide detective who worked on the Zodiac case and now runs a forensic lab in Costa Costa County in California, says... So I assume we have plenty of Zodiac Killer DNA? Mmm, that's probably not... No, it's not a good assumption. Okay. And the why is pretty interesting. She says, it's totally worth looking at, and I hope with all of the news and revelations about the Golden State Killer, it will kind of be the impetus for the Zodiac. Uh, for those not familiar, his quote-unquote career officially was just a couple of years in... Um, it was really just a year in Northern California where he attacked seven people, killing five. He claims responsibility for many more deaths. It's never been figured out um, if that's legitimate. Why is he so much more famous than the Golden State Killer? Probably because his crimes were were uh, tied together almost immediately by him. Mm. Yeah, and he, indisputably, and he communicated with the authorities, took credit, bragged, taunted the authorities, et cetera, et cetera. He was one of those guys who was so, come and get me, come and get me. Everybody thought, let's come and get him. But it never happened. Because there have been all kinds of movies made. Right, right, indeed. Um, so this investigator a gal, Ms. Hofsass, if that's indeed how you pronounce the name, uh, said one of the biggest hurdles to using DNA to track the Zodiac is getting a clean genetic sample. She points out that evidence collection rules were much looser at crime scenes back in 68-69. Well, I'm not surprised. Because DNA forensic science didn't exist. So multiple people would handle evidence without gloves, adding their own genetic material to collected objects. Um, it's not a clean sample. She gave the example of a blood-soaked glove that was found at one of the awful, awful crimes. It was stuffed inside an env- evidence envelope, uh, seemingly forgotten, had a note on it that said black bloody glove. 
Um, and when they tried to connect, uh, collect DNA from it, it was a stew of all sorts of different people who'd handled it over the years. Wow. So they actually, they weren't thinking in terms of the blood being of evidence, evidentially, it's just the fact that they had a bloody glove. Might have been, they might have thought in terms of blood type or something like that. I don't, uh, what I know about forensic science in 1969 is squat. <laughs> uh, but it's possible that basic uh, yeah. an approach was known. Um, Tom Voigt, who's a recreational Zodiac expert, you ever gotten sucked into the Zodiac thing? I don't think that one. I've gotten sucked into a, a bunch of different serial killer stuff. I did for like a week once. Okay. And man, it is a, it's quicksand. It's a, it's a powerful suck because, you know, between the, the, the taunting and the evidence and the, the descriptions and the, the pictures and what's known from profilers, you think there's got to be an answer. We've got to be able to figure this out. And several people have said, yeah, I think it's my dad. I think it's my cousin, whatever. But. Um, anyway, so this guy who runs ZodiacKiller.com, which I believe is the website that sucked me in, said he believes a clean DNA sample might be taken from the envelopes mailed to cops and newspapers uh, by the serial killer. Because he sent lots of cards and letters and mysterious uh, puzzles and ciphers to media and law enforcement. So if they could get a clean DNA sample, then they could check all these genealogy websites and hey, perhaps right. narrow it down. Right, right. Uh, they tried that once in '02 when ABC's Prime Time, which was involved for some reason, asked a forensic expert uh, from the SFPD, San Francisco Police Department, to compare a partial DNA sample they'd gotten from a stamp because they think he licked his own envelopes and stamps. I don't get that. I hate that. I hate maybe it's because I worked in a mailroom. Don't lick it. Lick your finger, then smear it on the because that way you don't get the glue taste in your mouth. Yeah. Anyway, what if I like the glue taste? Then you're a weirdo. You're probably the Zodiac killer. <laughs> um, but the stamp only provided a partial genetic profile. It wasn't good enough to identify the killer. Although, interestingly, they were able, they were able to eliminate three widely uh, uh, reputed suspects. Well, that's got to help. That. Yeah. Well, yeah, it absolutely does. There's only 7 billion other people to check out now. Yeah. So then uh, back to this Voight fellow who runs the website. Of course, the he, Zodiac killer is quite possibly... Dead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he talks about the joint uh, effort between the SAC uh, DA's office and the police and the, and the Bay Area agencies and the Southern California agencies. And he said he'd like to see a similar joint agency effort around the Zodiac killer. Um, you know, you pointed out, you know, with all the law enforcement needs these days, because there's plenty of crime. Uh, you don't want to spend a zillion dollars on this at the same time, though. Can we get a GoFundMe page going or something? Right. Because this guy slaughtered young, innocent people. That's not a bad idea. And got away with it. That's not a bad idea. I'd kick in. I'd justice, man. I'm howling for justice over here. Love to see it. What's coming up in your news? Marshall Phillips. We got more name calling in the West Wing. We'll have an update there. Senator John McCain is finally free to really speak his mind. And America's loneliest people. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. I don't recall John McCain holding back that much throughout his life. So this whole, I'm going to finally say what I think. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be. I hate to see a name calling in the West Wing. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Some texter called Joe a dandy for being unwilling to lick an envelope, but we also got this text. How dare you? 
I worked in printing for years. Old a-hole guys would spit in the glue pot of the envelope converter machines all the time. Yeah, who's a dandy now? You've been French kissing old printing guys. <laughs> Tough guy, huh? <laughs> Yuck. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, at least he didn't call me an idiot like General Kelly called the president. Allegedly. <laughs> Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the president says everything is fine in the White House. Amid those reports, his chief of staff, John Kelly, called him an idiot on a number of occasions. Trump taking aim at the media on Twitter, saying the White House is running very smoothly despite phony witch hunts, etc. There is great energy and unending stamina, both necessary to get things done. (gasps) Unending stamina. Yes. What is it with him and energy? Did his his dad, old Fred Trump, browbeat him a lot about being a slacker or not having enough energy? And because he's practically obsessive about people's energy yes. levels. Yes. Or he just saw and or sees that as a possible liability for him at his age. He took that completely off the table. Oh, his age? Yeah. Yeah. Has never even come up as an issue by outvigoring everyone in the room at every opportunity. Trump going on to tweet, we are accomplishing the unthinkable and setting positive records while doing so. Fake news is going bonkers! Exclamation point. NBC reporter Carol Lee, who broke the story, says, nah, she's very confident in her sources. We spoke to four people who have directly heard John Kelly call the president an idiot. Lee says Kelly may be on, his, on the way out of the White House now. All of our reporting shows that he has stepped back a little bit from the job, that he's not as engaged as he once was, and that the president is increasingly frustrated with him. I got to say, be completely true or completely fiction. Right. Yeah. We've heard that same sort of story about Kelly for like a year now and uh, for sessions since the beginning. So who knows? Um, on the other hand, four sources. Yes. Is something. That's not one person. Yeah. Yeah, I'll grant you that. Although, you know, if I'm the disgruntled uh, assistant director of the under director of uh, publicity or whatever in the White House, I'll have three of my lackeys back me up. Yeah, could you have four people that hate having a military guy tell them what to do? Sure. Trump's White House and want to get rid of them? Absolutely. Well, as we've mentioned, the timing of the report is also very, very interesting, as Kelly is rumored to be the president's next pick to run the Veterans Administration. This, after those negative reports, forced Trump's nominee White House Dr. Ronnie Jackson to drop out. Several of those negative reports, which turned out to be completely fictional. Is there somebody that wants that job that's going to destroy any candidate, or are there people in the VA that don't want anybody to get that job who might actually do something? Wow, I like that theory. U.S. Senator John McCain is finally free. In some excerpts from his upcoming book, The Relentless Wave, the Arizona Republican writes, his current term will be his last, saying... If I hadn't admitted that to myself before this summer, a stage four cancer diagnosis acts as an ungentle persuasion. I'm freer than my colleagues who will have to face the voters again. I can speak my mind without fearing the consequences much. In the book, it's an interesting thing for any politician to say, I'm going to die soon so I don't have to lie to my voters anymore to get reelected, is more or less what he just said. In the book, McCain says he feels President Trump's desire to appear tough seems to matter more than any of our values. McCain condemning obstructionism in Congress, saying, you're damn right, I'm a champion of compromise. 
says he wants the country to recover our sense that we are more alike than we are different. Yeah, well, ain't going to happen anytime soon, I don't know. Amen to that, John. I'm not like Jack, a cynic who just throws away good ideas when I hear them. I'm with you. We're more alike than different. Right? Who's with me? He's right, and we need that to survive. I just, I don't see that. I don't see us turning the corner yet. Didn't you hear that Kanye song? Bringing everybody together? That's true. It's a good sign. (laughs) Got a new survey. Which which one was it? The uh, the, the poop-de-whoop song? I don't know. Why don't you play us yeah. a little bit of that Boopy in a moment or two? Poopy dee scoop. Right? Scoop dee dee whoop. Nope, nope. Scoop that's not the one bringing us together. Not I couldn't one. remember for sure. Yeah. It was the other song he released that weekend. Okay. Exactly. Have a new survey that finds young Americans are more likely than senior citizens to report being lonely and in poor health. According to a survey of 20,000 Americans by health insurer Cigna, 18 to 22-year-olds had loneliness index scores 20% higher than people 72 and older. Wow, it used to be the old you'd expect to say they're lonely and in poor health. Now yep. it's the young? What has happened? Yikes. Well, and the survey also found that uh, the younger people who use social media a lot report the same feelings of loneliness as those who barely use social media. So it's not the devices making people feel lonely in this case. But anyway, Although you wouldn't, mm. have, you wouldn't have to be using the devices if... If everybody else is using them in lieu of actual connections, there's not going to be anybody to hang out with. That's yeah, true. I'd be uh, careful about leaping to your conclusions, though, there, Marshall. I, I need to uh, take a look at the methodology. It's absolutely in the for, 100% for, clearly social media that's driving that. Absolutely. Right. We get just a, a, a taste of connectiveness to make us feel like we've got friends and connections without leaving our homes. But never taking the nutrition of actual connectedness. <laughs> right. Great. Marshall, you're an idiot. Oh, wow. I think, wow. I think Jack hurtful. Armstrong is just Says you, up. you idiot. <laughs> Joe, when I want your opinion, Michael, I'll beat it out of you. Joe's calling everybody an idiot today. He's I'm noticed that that's the way you do. If it's good enough for General <laughs> Kelly, it's good enough for me. I'm done. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of a nation. Squeeze the bird. That's a, that's no idiot there. That's the national bird. It's like eating dessert. You can feel full, but you're not getting any of the nutrients you need. The social media thing. Right, I agree. It's like every mealtime when you get hungry, shoveling down a bunch of M&Ms. Governor Christie. <laughs> it's, it will fill you. It will remove your desire to seek nutrition, but it will kill you. I don't know if you're following the NBA playoffs, but what is really bad news for the NBA? Got that for you coming up, among other things. Uh, there's something else I wanted to jam in. I don't know. I'll figure out what it was. What do you think, old Netanyahu's accusations about uh, Iran? Is, are we taking that seriously? Is it uh, new? Is it just uh, him banging a gong? Oh uh, yeah, we can get into that. It's uh, it's it's troubling. It's obviously, if it's true, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. At the same rally, President Trump claimed that nobody knows what a community college is. Sure they do. It's where Michael Cohen went to law school. What did the president who? say? The president said nobody knows what a community college is? What? In what context did he say that? I have no idea. It's a new one on me. What a dumb thing to say.
Hmm. The man who was at the head of Trump University. Well, he went to uh, Werford or Waldorf, sir. He went to Waldorf, sir. That's right. <laughs> Hogwarts, sir. He went to Hogwarts. Was it the Wharton, Wharton School of Business? That's right. Yeah, yeah which yes. is, you know, among the top business schools in the world. And they got great grades, according to him. Um, the best grades. So, a uh, couple of things. Oh, the NBA thing I want to play off. Uh, this is bad news for the rest of the NBA, according to, I was just reading this, it's, I like the way this was put. The Golden State Warriors appear to be having fun for the first time this season. Bad news for the rest of the NBA. They've, they've finally got into Steph Curry's back and finally got into, hey, this is fun playing basketball. Uh-oh. After being bored the whole season long. Having a boring 58-win season, which is an unbelievable most teams would die for. But uh, They might score <laughs> 160 points in their next game. Anyway, so, yeah, they finally have found their groove. Break up the Warriors. I might start watching the NBA now. So, Benjamin Netanyahu, he's the guy in charge of Israel right now, and he said this yesterday. Die. Iran planned. Oh, there he is. At the highest levels, to continue work related to nuclear weapons under different guises and using the same personnel. Iran lied about never having a nuclear weapons program. 100,000 secret files prove that they lied. So Benjamin Netanyahu claims that their intelligence services has undeniable, incontrovertible, can't be denied truth, um, uh, that Iran has been cheating and working on their weapons all along. And uh, holy crap, uh, what, what does the world do now? And the president must back out of the deal on May 12th. Well, the U.N. watchdog, the U.N. nuclear agency, says it believes Iran had a nuclear weapons program before 2003, but finds no credible indications of work after 2009 and basically says he's wrong. So what does the world do with that? And or part of what he claimed was that they'd been lying um, when they said they never had a program. But I think everybody knows they're lying. In fact, everybody assumed they were lying. Um. According to the New York Times, who I don't trust to cover this fairly, Mr. Netanyahu's best case for a violation of the Iran deal came when he insisted the Iranians had falsely falsified their declarations to the IAEA, EIEIO, late 2015 by denying they had ever planned to build a weapon. Um, they point out that would come as a little shock to those who negotiated the deal. Um, so uh, nothing new is the main claim of those who are, uh, you know, uh, opposing Netanyahu. And, uh, well, that's certainly not what Netanyahu seems to think. Yeah, Mike Pompeo said, asked whether there was evidence that Iran was in violation of the 2015 accord. He said, I'll leave that to the lawyers, and the president will ultimately have to make a determination about that, too. Well, and there's always the wild card out there with Israel that uh, if they don't feel like the world is uh, taking something seriously, they will act on their own and have the military capable of doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, for very good reasons, which we could talk about, but I don't think we need to. Israel is pretty big on the rather ask uh, forgiveness than permission thing. Oh, they're one of the few countries that it can actually be wiped off the face of the earth. People use right. that expression a lot. Yeah. There aren't many countries you could wipe off the face of the earth. Israel, you could. Right. Because it's so tiny. And that's surrounded by enemies. Um. Uh, duh. So you got that. Oh, and Netanyahu was on CNN, one of your shows yesterday. And uh, they were trying to nail down whether or not to get him to say they have nuclear weapons because Israel's always denied it. And he continued to dance around that. I don't know why they denied it because we probably gave them to him and we don't want to have to admit that. Or I don't know. Who's that for? I don't know. 
Everybody is there believes somebody, it. anybody, anywhere says, no, I don't think Israel has nukes. No, everybody thinks they do. Yeah, that's odd. Mm. That's the point of that. Gives them some sort of cover, I guess. Mm. So we got this text. Uh, it was a picture from the Twilight I'm Zone. I'm going to deny I have any wine in my house. We can't prove it. Not a single ounce, as far as you know. So this is making the rounds. It's, uh, what was the guy's name from the Twilight Zone? Rod Sterling? Serling? Serling. Okay. That guy? The host guy? I guess. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that's Rod Serling, I believe. It was a show about wacky things happening. And the caption on the Twilight Zone is, Who could ever imagine? Peace between the Koreas. Dr. Huxtable goes to prison for rape. And Kanye is the voice of reason in politics. Wow. It has been a crazy week. Yeah. No kidding. That's well said. All three of those were practically impossible to predict like a month ago. Yeah. Let's get Kanye on the show. Why haven't you booked him yet? Working on it. All right. Yeah, working on it. Idiot. So. Oh, that's right. You're calling everybody idiots. Absolutely everybody. <laughs> the moment of truth is when I try it out on my wife. That's going to be festive. <laughs> well, you deny it then, like Kelly has. I, I I never said that. I was just here and you said it to me. That report was complete uh, BS. That's exactly right. You know what? I, no, I flipped on MSNBC last night as I'm driving around. And uh, I can't. Who was it? I guess uh, Rachel Maddow dragged somebody onto the air who said, this really is a shocking time, very disappointing that a White House chief of staff would use an obscenity or the uh, the D, the uh, initials of an obscenity in an official White House statement. Seriously? It's, really, it's a show of how coarse we've become. And I thought, wow, you know, listen, I understand fake outrage is what everybody goes for these days, but... Are you actually disturbed that a general said, that's BS? Please. Just so precious. I want Everybody m- pretending to be offended. I want more cussing. So Megyn Kelly on her show yesterday warned that all our female colleagues who have jumped to the defense of Tom Brokaw don't know what they don't know and shouldn't be so quick to leap to his defense. 100 past and present network colleagues of Tom Brokaw signed a letter saying we, we back Tom Brokaw. And uh, don't believe these allegations, which is, you know, you've had a pretty nice career. If 100 people and some of these are big names, if you got 100 people out there, will say, I don't believe that about I don't believe it. He's yeah. not that kind of guy. I mean, if it's the he didn't rape me defense, well, that doesn't mean much. But if they're saying just completely impossible, including MSNBC's Rachel Maddow and Morning Joe host Mika Brzezinski and, and people like Mika Brzezinski and uh, and her fiance, Joe Scarborough, they all said when the. Matt Lauer's story broke. You know, I didn't think he was doing this, but we all knew he was, uh, you know, running around his wife and cheating and doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Nobody's saying that about Tom Brokaw. So who knows what's going on there? Could it be that one gal's just trying to revive her career? Just trying to get attention? I mean, because all she has to say, and listen, I'm not saying she's doing this because I don't know. But if she were to say, yeah. slut shaming. Brokaw groped me, tried to kiss me. It was really disturbing. And. And ever since then, I just, I can't get work. You know, she's been out of work for a while. There's so many pretty young things who are plenty good at news reading. And uh, she, she thinks, hey, this would be a great scam. But isn't the worst thing she's claiming is he tried to kiss her? Yeah. And then she rebuffed him and then he never did again. That just doesn't sound like that big a deal. Well, he, he came up behind her and tickled her at one point, which humiliated her in front of her colleagues. Did it? It did. I don't know. It just doesn't sound that awful to no, me. No, no, no. And again, that's a class one. Well, you tell me. One of your, one of your daughters has that happen at work. Is, is I that... would suggest she say to him, don't ever do that again. 
Unwanted touching is not cool. Uh, you get that? Okay, we're good. Okay, fine. It sounded like, it sounds to me like in this case, it was a he thought she was interested. Turns out she's not. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, there are, uh, even if it happened, yeah. yeah. Which if it happened. Fine. And that's one thing I've talked to my daughters about, and maybe you've heard me talk on the show about. One thing I object to as part of the, as a, kind of an aspect of flavor of the hashtag Me Too thing is this idea that a woman must go to pieces, must be devastated if someone does something like that. I mean, I actually heard the term used that he uh, he showed up to her room. She'd said she wanted to get together to talk about her career. Maybe he thought that was a, oh, I get it. Okay, yeah, you're pretty. I'm sure I'm Which in. it sometimes is. Yeah, right, right. And he went to kiss her and she said, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. To call her a sexual assault survivor. Oh, to me is yeah ridiculous. How many relationships do you know that have happened in the workplace? Consensual relationships, a hundred in well, your lifetime. I mean, well, and most they of started the, somehow. Most of the real women I know are way tougher than that. They'd be like, "Hey, cut it out!" Unless you want to kick in the sack, and then they go on with their lives. They're not these cringing, weak, little wilted daisies. Who are these women? And I'm not talking about the serious, nasty stuff. I'm talking about Tom Brokaw trying to kiss you on your mouth. Threatening a sack. I'd let him kiss me. Sack kicking. The Armstrong and Getty Show.